Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion show that's from Recognition PR's studio in Darlington. Good to have you with us. And the programme today is going to be talking about all sorts of issues relating to the business community. For instance, we're sharing the programme on YouTube, Spotify and uh, also Apple Podcast. And later in the programme we'll be talking about mental health in the workplace and apprenticeships and training. As ever, we're kindly sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new, used or fleet vehicle, stop by one of the dealerships in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland and York. Today, we're joined in the studio by Beth Ainsley, founder of OptiMe, Active Care and Nouveau Wellbeing, organisations which focus on supporting an individual's health and well-being. Also, Zoe Lewis, Principal and Chief Executive of Middlesbrough College. Now, Middlesbrough College will also be feeling the, the effect of a growing economy, particularly in Teesside in the northeast, and that a growing economy is reflected in the Lloyds Bank Business Barometer, which has put confidence levels at a four-year high. Here in the northeast, we have a rating of 46%, second only to the northwest. More than one-third of respondents expect to offer pay rises of at least 2% in the next 12 months. And as we've discussed before on this programme, the pandemic is having a huge effect on the labour market, with more than one million vacancies last month and staff shortages causing supply chain issues, wages and contractor charges are also going up and inflating as demand for staff uh, outstrips the supply of trained people. Now that's something I've taken up with Pimlico Plumbers. It's the UK's largest home services company and it says its skilled people can now earn £150,000 a year and it's after 50 more of them. Here's more. Joining me on the line is Ashley Mullins from Pimlico Plumbers. Now Pimlico Plumbers based in London is one of the biggest plumbing businesses in the country and it's made the waves publicity wise this weekend by a, a piece in uh, several papers, there's one of them, an army of £150,000 a year plumbers. This is the way in which craft skills are going up when it comes to the salary and rewards packages that are available. Ashley, tell us about the roles you're recruiting and is it really possible that people with craft skills like plumbers can actually earn this kind of money? Without a doubt. 150, 200 grand, obviously, if you put the hours in. Um, but, you know, what, what we're recruiting is, is the top 5% um, of tradesmen that are, are, are highly skilled that's across carpentry, electrics, roofing, plumbing, you name it, we're, we're, we're hiring. Um, but obviously there is such a, a massive uh, skill shortage at the moment. Um, well, obviously the shortages well, drives the, the wage reward and, and also you as a, an organisation want to get the best in and have them all ready 24-7. Uh, uh, so yeah. it isn't as though it's a, a nine-to-five job working for Pimlico Plumbers, is it? No, no, it's, it's not. But, you know, if, um, if you set out yourself a target of, you know, I could earn 150 grand plus a year, working an extra hour, two hours a day, three hours a day, you know, you're just going to be laughing at the end of it. You know, it's not going to be an issue. 
Now, you mentioned the skills shortage. Obviously, that's an important thing when it comes to finding people with the right wages. You have to pay a little bit more. But it's not just the shortage that's driving up uh, the wages, is it? It's also the amount of work. People are, are repairing their houses, refurbishing their houses and causing a lot of uh, inquiries to you. Is that is that one of the drivers? 100%. You know, people are working from home. They're on furlough. They're not working at all. You know, they're sitting in their house, all of the same wall that they've got. So they're, they're changing it up. They want to add this. They want to take away this. They haven't had the luxuries of going on holiday, you know, going abroad, even going in down to the coast, Cornwall, anything like that. They haven't had that luxury. So they saved the money up there. And they've noticed while sitting in their house that they could change this, they could add this. Um, so it's just been absolutely uh, booming, as I said, with... with um, with, with work, but that's because everyone's been sat at home staring at the same four walls the last 18 months. Now, I know that you think recruiting skilled staff is really important and you're putting a training programme together. You have apprentices. How many apprentices have you now got on board? Uh, I believe we've got just over 70. We had a, a couple start today, um, a female and a male, both one's an electrician, one's a plumber. Uh, but yeah, we've just got uh, just over 70, I believe, on board now. That's in-house and also engineers. And these will be the feedstock of the plumbers and engineers of tomorrow. So uh, is you think that is the way in which you can tackle the skills shortage? You know, we're, we're, we're massive Pimico, massive for, uh, for apprenticeships. Um, and we will be pushing that for forever. Um, you know, apprentices are definitely the way forward. Um, you know, I was an apprentice myself. Uh, and going from school into an apprenticeship, going one college one day a week, and then getting your hands dirty on the tools, it definitely it definitely helped me become when I was actually on the road by myself doing plumbing drainage. Um, it helped me uh, definitely progress in that side. But yeah, apprenticeships are definitely the way forward for small businesses, for other companies. I would definitely um, advise you to get some apprenticeships on board. Ashley Mullins from Pimlico Plumbers there. I spoke to him a little earlier. Joining me in the studio, Beth Ainsley and Zoe Lewis. Uh, Beth from Optime and Wellbeing uh, Businesses. We'll talk to you a little bit more in a moment, Beth. Uh, but first, Zoe Lewis, Chief Executive and Principal of Middlesbrough College. Now, you supply trainees, apprentices in all sorts of craft skills like Ashley was talking about. Yeah. Do you do plumbing? We do plumbing. Uh, do you take 57-year-old uh, people to retrain? We'll I, take anybody uh, to retrain with some basic skills, yeah. Uh, I think £150,000 a year, yeah. uh, maybe I've got a, into the wrong business. Do you find, uh, honestly, that, that people, um, parents, uh, do appreciate that these craft skills that your college offer can give a young person as good an income throughout their life as somebody who's gone to take a humanities degree at university? Um, I think the country split is the honest answer, but we have definitely seen increases in all of the construction trades over probably the last five or six years, mm. which I think has reflected the buoyancy of, of the construction industry and the building, the house building, and of course there's been a lot of pump priming um, as the economy comes out of COVID and a lot of home improvements as well. So that's a, it's a sort of perfect storm for an increasing need of tradespeople. The problem is, of course, everybody wants experienced people 
And when there is a lack of experienced people, you've got to look at young people and you've got to train your own, bring them into the organisation. So what, what is the demand like for you when it comes to applicants then? For applicants, as I say, in technical, professional and plumbing trades and construction trades, there's been a growing number of applicants across many, many years now. One of the difficulties that we have is apprenticeship placements. So apprenticeship placements haven't grown at the same pace as the, the interest from young people and from parents. So I think parents and young people are seeing the demand, they're seeing the jobs, but unless there's those entry roles in those organisations, those training roles, we won't be getting the harnessing that young interest and getting them into those uh, businesses. I took a, an apprentice on a, our PR firm, Recognition, yeah. and um, the lady, a lady that uh, joined us, um, was very surprised because I offered her her full salary. Yes, I, I didn't feel that um, given the, I was going to ask her to work as mm -hmm. well as train, mm -hmm. that she should be paid a, a wage that was a diminutive wage. Yeah. Uh, clearly she is going to have to train yeah. um, and, and that I think is what maybe employers don't realise. It can be a job as well as training. It can be. Um, the, the minimum wage and the wage differential between different employers is vast between those who pay the very least they can pay in a minimum wage of four or five pounds an hour compared to those who really pay apprentices and adult apprentices mm. 30, 40,000 pounds. So it varies a lot, but the need to get these young people into industries is so important. You know, demographically, the country's at an all-time low for college and school mm. leavers mm. Uh, due to the birth rate and the post-war era. So we need to get these young people into these organisations on training contracts. I, I know, that for me, uh, a young person isn't necessarily the same as you because there's yes. a definition of young person. And the yeah. person that took my apprenticeship was in her mid-20s. Yeah. So, but I was still pleased to have her on board. Yes. What do you mean by young people? Well. I mean, anybody who's looking for that first job opportunity, right. and that varies, doesn't it, between 16 if you're straight from school, mm. 18 if you're from college, 21, 22 from university. So it is that whole range, depending on their stepping off point between education and work. But there are a lot of people looking for apprenticeships. Apprenticeship numbers are lower now than they were six years ago. They have rebounded since pre-pandemic, I'm pleased to say. Um, we've seen a great take-up from employers across the sectors since probably April, May, mm. when it's really come back to pre-pandemic levels, but it's not yet back to where it was sort of 10 years ago. So there is still scope for more training positions to be created in our companies across the region. Now at Middlesbrough College, there is in a northern working town, um, the kind of courses you have on offer yeah. do tend to reflect the kind of vacancies that there are in the workplace. Yeah. Um, so are you deliberately making sure that there is an economic connection between your training offering and the, the area? Or are yeah. you able to offer arts and things? Yeah, we're able to offer everything. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a creative bounce back. There's a service industry bounce back. Hospitality is suffering an awful lot at the moment. Um, can't get apprentices at the moment as, mm -hmm. as young people are often choosing retail and other careers. So we have taken a lot of um, time over the years to make sure that we've shifted our provision to more technical and professional offerings. So, for example, we've tripled the number of STEM people that we train over the last 10 years, got more females into that, that area as well. So we very much try and reflect where the skill shortages are. Um, but I think at the moment there's a need and we're certainly looking at adult retraining, particularly in things like driving. We're working with transport training companies at the moment to try and alleviate the driver shortage. So we do what we can to reflect the current needs of the day. 
Many years ago, when I was a very young man, uh, uh, further education colleges often run adult courses, yes. and there used to be quirky things, pottery and flower arranging yeah. and things, but that yeah. isn't really where adults would engage with you now, is it? No, I, I mean, there is still a little bit of that for community work, for people who've maybe um, been long-term unemployed, who need to, that stepping stone um, to get, get back to work, but the vast majority is retraining, linked to employment, linked to interviews, linked to work. Um, so we work with lots of companies, we're working with Amazon, we're working with call mm. centres, we're working with uh, CPI and professional industries, a real range of, uh, of employers. Um, I know that uh, construction firms as well, I, yeah. I know of a, a large construction firm yeah. uh, that's been in touch with you because they want to build a big plant nearby and yeah. so they need to get a, a pipeline of apprentices. Yes. So it's clearly a very busy time for the college. Now I'm going to just slightly shift the uh, shift the attention to the workplace for yeah. people who are in the workplace and uh, maybe they're, they're trainees but maybe they aren't because the, the way in which the uh, workplace is changing as a result of the pandemic uh, is quite interesting. There's, there's something that's been going around called the Great Resignation as work, people change their, their commitment to their job and, and, and see that they want a new job, maybe like they want a new car or a new house. And there are some companies, Nike and the app Bumble, are actually closing to give their uh, staff a week off to recover from burnout. Now, Beth, what are you seeing in the workplace uh, when it comes to mental health and, and burnout? Um, it's a great question and I think the pandemic has helped us all realise the importance of well-being or what well-being is um, and because of the challenges that have been faced as a result of the pandemic and, and continue continue to do so, people are sort of um, becoming burnt out and I think it's more about having the tools and resources in place to avoid burnout, so being aware of what things help you at a time when you're stressed or if you're struggling with anxiety, what things can you put in place as part of that? In terms of in the workplace, the, the examples that you've got there with Bumble and Nike, I think it's a great concept and, and obviously I can't comment on the organisations because I don't know what else they've got in place. So they might have, they might have managers that are trained in, me in mental health, they might have counselling support and things like that. But I think that a week's holiday is a great perk. I think there's a lot more to be done in terms of how we help employees to continually improve well-being and support mental health as much as we would physical health and ultimately it's how we get the best out of our employees which isn't just about mental and physical health it's how we look at confidence self-esteem are people fulfilling their passion and even towards their purpose and i think that's generally why we're getting this shift because people might have found themselves moving into a different direction mm. Mm. some 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 businesses you might might go into a role and they come across in an interview really passionate and then gradually over the years they might end up taking on a couple of other departments where it's not really their bag or they're starting to they're starting to manage people and it's not something that's their area so how do we continue to navigate these people in the right direction it's interesting you, you reflect uh, where people exhibit stress in the business mm. um, and we, you've got an app so that business can monitor it. We'll talk about the app in a minute. Mm -hmm. But of course, um, businesses might be the place that you see the signs of stress, mm -hmm. but the causes of stress can be multifaceted, can't they? Uh, I have a relative who is extremely stressed about COVID seeing masks in mm -hmm. shops. Yeah. Um, you can have people who are stressed because of the things that they're encountering on social media. Yeah. The, there are lots of things that are causing stress that maybe weren't around in so much uh, a few years ago. 
Oh, completely. I mean, we have access, to, like you mentioned, we have access to social media 24-7. We have access to the news 24-7. Um, there's a lot of, these things can cause a lot of anxiety with people. Um, emails pinging through from work. There's lots of different, if you just looked at your day-to-day -day lifestyle, I'm sure there's, you could start to identify areas that are causing stress. And that's, that's the first step, really, looking at what it is and, and sort of the what a result of that is so are you starting to get headaches are you starting to feel tense what are the what's the impact on you physically and how you feel and things like that so let's quickly talk about the optimi app it's worth a mention because it's quite an innovative way for employers to track stress either specifically or generically in their workplace yeah definitely so the app is completely confidential to an so an employee would log in they do a mini quiz to look at where their well-being sits across six pillars of well-being. What an employer can see or a company can see is what their organisational well-being is. So they can't see what an individual score is or what they're looking at, what any resources or support they're receiving. What they can see is if their organisation, for example, is low in social well-being, which might have happened if they're working from home during the pandemic or continue to do so. Another example is low in what we say my mind or mental well-being. So if people are suffering from stress, navigating towards burnout, struggling with work-life balance, all those kind of things, then there's likely to see um, a low level of, of mental well-being. Now, I have a, a theory based on my own experiences in the workplace because since the pandemic started to ease and we reopened, people coming back into the workplace uh, have seen an accelerated amount of business. And the people have maybe been used to working from home, setting their own timetable, getting a cup of coffee uh, from the kitchen, watching a bit of television during a, a moment of downtime, and then they're in a business, whether it be an office-based business or elsewhere, that is now going 100%. Mm -hmm. And that can be quite a shock to the system. And In my experience, it has happened quite quickly. The economy has recovered this year much quicker than, than it did last. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that that is a cause of workplace stress? Yeah, it could be. I mean, when we first went into lockdown, a lot of businesses were asking us to do workshops to help people manage well-being at home. So it was that shift from the workplace into home life and how do we develop um, develop a day-to-day -day activity where we can stay active, make sure that we're drinking enough water, stay hydrated, all these different things that we know are important to basically stay well. But now it's shifted back again so the same thing needs to happen again so looking at your daily routine are you doing everything to make you stay well um, and focused and productive now zoe uh, you're yeah. an employer as well as running a we great are, organization yeah. you obviously have a lot of staff as mm. well uh, it's not been as easy i imagine uh, for your staff to work from home as it might be for office-based businesses accountancies professionals that kind of thing. i think it's been a bit mixed i mean on the one hand we were teaching during the lockdown so that had the um, stresses for particularly parents I have to say who were trying to homeschool their children as well as teach our students so there was that kind of home juggling um, but on the, the counter side we probably came back to work sooner than many office based businesses mm. Mm. so I think that's probably helped staff who've actually been back for quite a while um, as I say to get back into the routine even if students were part in and part out um, staff have been able to come back quite gradually um, we've got a huge well-being uh, process in place really lots of activities um, lots of abilities for staff to meet up you know the free gym um, l lots of things in place yeah. really to try and help ease that transition and I think I think one of the reasons that we've had the great resignation is people are addressing their priorities 
they're looking at what matters to them and they're making choices of jobs around that and I think that will make quite a big shift and I think hospitality might be suffering for that because it's a, a different time scale yeah. um, of a type of industry so I think I know they're particularly suffering at the moment to attract people back um, because of that work-life balance and the impact on their home life so that's going to take some time I think to settle, settle or resettle out. There was a very interesting editorial today in the Daily Telegraph, uh, this is today, Wednesday 1st of September, about getting staff back into the office, now it's specifically there for professional yeah. services, and it, it says there's a tendency among some professionals uh, to feel comfortable in houses, they've enjoyed the benefits of saving on their commutes, they can work from home, imagine we're in the middle of a shift towards flexible work, but this is myopic. Uh, it's harder for young employees who are more likely to be working in small flats and can't gain experience. Among Sun staff, the, the, the pandemic has entrenched a view that employees' well-being should be given priority over the general needs of the business. And The Telegraph is saying the government actually now needs to get harder on this mm -hmm. and get people to accept they have to go back to work. What's your point of view? Beth and then mm -hmm. Zoe. Yeah. I think it has to be on a case by case basis. I know, in, in our, so I speak as a business owner and, and a manager as well. I know in, in our team, we've got people who are incredibly productive working from home and we still have that constant communication. Um, and then we have creative time together. And the time that, that, that it's one individual in particular, that person's at home, it's cutting out the travel, it's cutting out time that would be unnecessary. Um, and it works, however, other members of the team they need to be out they need to be on the road and and it works for them because that's what they enjoy doing and have we moved though that where your business is small it's for it's, it's also very scoped towards this kind of work but if you're looking to larger scaling are you looking to maybe two types of workers and running your business for the preference of the worker rather than taking an approach and maybe i'm being a bit old-fashioned but that's what the the telegraph is saying you are saying there's room for both mm. but is there will the people that are in the office end up picking up the slack open I question i think it's got to depend on the industry i mean if it's a, if it's work that def that of that cannot be done at home it cannot be done at home but i think if you've got workers that are equally as productive and it's and this is about the, pr the productivity if they are equally as productive then i don't see why that's an issue um is if they're in the work if that's a preference if okay. there's an issue Fair enough. How do you find this, Zoe? I think you've got to take the best of things that worked, you've got to keep. Things that didn't work, you've got to go back to. And I think where they didn't work, I think the government's right, we should be tougher and we should perhaps make the progress to get back to where, you know, we need to be back for the business, you know, to work. But there were things that were good, there were things that were different, there were things that we've innovated, all of us. Mm. And I don't think we should throw those out. I think we should keep them and keep expanding them and take the best of both worlds. That's what we're trying to do um, at college. We've given devices to all our students this year yeah. because we've realised the digital poverty impact. And so there's things that we've learned that we want to keep and that we want to keep going forwards. And I think that's the, that's the trick, really. Well, Zoe and Beth, thank you for joining me live in the studio. Thanks to Ashley Mullins as well at Pimlico Plumbers. That's it for this edition of Business Unmuted. Thanks to Virtue Motors for their sponsorship.